I don't suppose he knows what you're using his house for this summer. Big Jim chuckled. No, he doesn't. He'll be surprised. But I expect he can turn the publicity to good advantage. He came back to the bed. He walked like a duck and his arms were too long, Carol thought, bristling at the pincer of his eyes, afraid as always of a lethal nature prudently concealed, of megalomania. You'll never be a good sculptor, she said, wanting to wound him. You'll never have a following, and you'll never sell a damned one of your blobs. His expression was saintly soft, indulgent. I don't crave recognition, he said. Big Jim's imperviousness angered her even more. What do you want? she asked, almost sobbing. Besides blood on your hands, I never liked Rich. I knew there was something wrong with him, but you're worse because you're dragging poor Babs down with you. She had said too much and was dimly shocked by her betrayal. She closed her eyes in despair, unable to look at him. After a while, she heard his knees pop when he hunkered down, felt his fingers firm on her ankle as he unlocked the manacle there, releasing her. Go brush your teeth, he said. Carol got up trembling and stepped down from the bed platform, linked hands low in front of her, and went to the bathroom. When she returned, Big Jim was turning down the covers on the bed. Carol had a last hurried smoke before he confiscated cigarettes and matches. She was aware of his eyes on her back. When she finished, he passed the long chain through the steel loop on the belt she wore, and as she stretched out on the bed, he locked the chain to the frame. He turned out the light, but Carol didn't hear him go. After a minute or two, she rolled onto her left side and perceived him against the background of the windows, which in contrast to the room held light now, like a ghosting of silver on a photographic negative. Her vision blurred quickly and tears spilled over. The wrist chain was as cold as a serpent across her throat. His presence continued to diminish her. So, our subterfuge is discovered, he said mockingly from the dark. Thanks to dear Blabs. Notice I've called her Blabs. A little humor there. Amusing, Carol said as if she had lockjaw. She lay on her back, bisected by the other chain, knees drawn up, hands pressed against her mouth. Inevitably, she had the hiccups. Big Jim sat down beside her. On the surface, he smelled dry and powdery but his breath was rank, like a marsh, as if the manifold excitements of murder had now begun in their pitted locus to turn blackly against his system. Go away, Carol said harshly, regretting the intrusion. It meant a marked change in procedure in his previously sterile and professional approach to her. Now that you know we're not kidnappers for fun and profit, that we have a serious motive— I expect that puts ideas into your head. Lots and lots of brilliant ideas. <clears throat> Do you want a drink of water? No, Carol moaned. Just get out of here. One idea you may have, since you've discovered how to turn Babs's mouth on and off like a faucet, is the idea that her heart is just a big, baked marshmallow but it's no use appealing to her to unlock the chains that bind so you can sneak away from here sometime when I'm not around. Soft and squishy as it is, Babs's heart 
belongs to me. A disloyal Babs is as sorry Babs indeed.'